0: no disco. This ain't no country club neither. This is RVA. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody.
1: Hey guys. It's been another two weeks.
0: They have flown by. Out as hell. That's true. I got the sweat on my sweat. But anyways, this is a <laughs> oh, La La In The Dungeon, episode... 16 wow i was like which episode <laughs> our
1: uh, our podcast now has their
0: driver's license
2: sweet 16,
0: sweet 16. Woo-hoo. i don't know don't get in front of us you might run your ass <laughs> over <laughs> so liz what have you been up to um a fair amount actually um let's see two weeks ago tomorrow was a very big night for us my dad and Roger had their first sleepover with little Boudreaux. Oh. Yes. Who's Boudreaux for the people who don't know? My sweet little toy poodle. He's 13. He's a sassy little winch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but first we went out to dinner at the Continental in Manchester. It was so good as usual. Um, everyone should go have their vodka lime aids. Run. Don't walk. They're so quaffable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you go to the Manchester or the West Hampton location and also have their yummy food. Their Brussels sprouts with the um, blue cheese. You and I have split those before. They're good. Oh, they're good. Um, so then my dad and Roger snuggled up with Boudreaux while we went home and mentally prepared for the Pony Pasture 5K that ended up being at Forest Hill, oddly enough. Mr. Fuck. This is true.
1: Sorry, Mom, I didn't need to say <laughs> the <effort.
0: laughs> um, Richmond Roadrunners Club dedicates this annual 5K to the memory of Dr. Peter Still. Peter was a scholar, a gentleman, runner, and a friend to many.
1: And a bullfrog.
0: That's right. The proceeds of the race benefit the Richmond Roadrunners Scholarship Fund. Um, each year, the scholarship has awarded over um, two th- multiple $2,000 scholarships, I cannot talk, sorry, to graduating high school seniors. Um, they're awarded to individuals who have and will represent the b- beneficial aspects of running as a healthy lifestyle. So, not me when I was that age, but. Um, <laughs> it was me when I was that age. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: I'm trying to be like that again now.
0: The winners were announced at the end of the race, but I missed that part because we got a popsicle and exited <laughs> stage left. Um, Because it was kind of weird, like, we did the race, but then I was like, this seems really short. Well, they didn't signal the runners in the front the correct way, so we were supposed to do two loops around the lake at Forest Hill. We only did one. So it was a little over two and a half miles. But still, I came in 11th for all the women in my age group. Damn, hold on. I need my sound machine. Thank you, thank you. And Matt came in third. So, I mean, we kicked ass. Wow. Yes, let me hear my applause. (gasps) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And we're signed up for another race. If anyone wants to join us, the Speak Up 5K, which is September 9th at Bird Park. It's a nice flat flat course. So I hope to see all of our listeners there. Um, then we picked up Boudreaux and had a lovely evening. We treated ourselves to Cobra Burger that night. It was so good. I think it's the best smash burger in the city. Then this past weekend we celebrated my stepdad Mike's birthday at the Bruhaha. It's Virginia Craft Beer Month and the Virginia Museum of History and Culture hosted its sixth annual Bruhaha This past Saturday. Yes, it was a real. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. This year's event featured a selection of uh, brews, meads, and hard sodas. And, oh, my God, they had a grape hard soda. That was the bomb. And I'm sorry. I can't remember where it was from. I will look into that. Um, But there was live music, food trucks, and um, access to all the museum's exhibitions, including the um, Apollo exhibit that's going on right now that's uh, really interesting. Um, then we went to Lost Letter for dinner, which is, uh, like Long Oven's Italian restaurant. Um, it was really good. The portions are small, though, so I would say err on the side of ordering too much. Um, then on Sunday, Olivia and our friends John and Corinne came over for brunch, and we had some good front porch sitting and drinking. Yeah, we love a good Sunday fun day. Besides hanging with me, Olivia, what have you been up to?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm having too much fun with the sound machine. Sometimes I don't know what <laughs> the buttons are going to sound. She's on like. a roll. But anyway, my friend Sarah and I met at the Short Pump Mall two Saturdays mm-hmm. ago, <laughs> and we spent money that we didn't have on some <laughs> cowgirl-esque outfits since we are both going through a country girl phase. Yeehaw! We spent. I already said we spent too much money. We went to Buckle, and we went to Windsor, um, and then after we got our outfits, we went to the new great American ranch that used to be Club Midway in Midlothian. We rode the mechanical bull, and we danced to some old 90s country, and they played, She's Gone Country.
0: Sounds like it a hell of a night. It
1: was stuck in my head for two weeks. Liz knows. Damn it. She's putting it in mine, too. Uh, <laughs> um It's a super fun place, and it gets packed around 11. We're like, where the hell are all the people? And when it hit 11 (laughs) o'clock, they all showed up. Um, Side note, we need to go back because I need to redeem myself on the mechanical bull. I lasted one second, and then they gave me another try because they felt bad, and I lasted... 0.5 seconds? uh, (laughs) I went (laughs) 2.7 seconds. Um, It was so embarrassing. Was his name Fu Manchu? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, okay, uh. so after that, Liz and I, and of course Matt, her lovely husband, um, we've been trying to live and eat healthier. So we've been cooking brunch instead of going out and getting drunk as hell and overeating and ordering you DoorDash.
0: You just keep the drunk as hell
1: part <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, never mind. But we've been taking long, brisk walks together. So, yeah, yes. And then lastly... Uh, what did you make us, Liz, by the way?
0: Oh, I made a healthy egg McMuffin. Or no, Mc, McGriddle. Yeah, McGriddle. Yeah, McGriddle. It was like um, almond flour and eggs and stuff with some sausage pushed into the top. It was, it was, so was delish. Good. Oh, and the um, drizzle of syrup. But it was sugar-free. Like sugar-free,
1: yeah. Okay, and then lastly, I went to another rodeo, the Doswell Rodeo. She's really
0: gone country. country.
1: And we had ourselves a yeehaw of a time. We got to see horse buck riding, which I've never seen before and I didn't know existed. Uh, It was fascinating and to be honest, very, very hot to watch as a woman. Oh my Lord. Um, Also, we watched the cowgirls ride the horses at full speed around barrels. And for some reason, it made me cry. I don't know why. There's just something so beautiful about seeing the bond between a woman and her animal. And it reminded me of me and my cat. And it just was so beautiful. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Lee? Lee,
0: what you been up
1: to?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked. Um,
1: He's gone country. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, kind of. Um, Sunday was my 35th wedding anniversary.
1: Oh, yeah. Congratulations, Lee.
2: Yeah, we went to the movie, saw Oppenheimer. How was it? Oh, uh, it's good, but we had the popcorn and soda, and I'm su- i think I'm suffering from the uh, oh. the, uh, the after effects, effects. Yeah, and then uh,
0: worth it? No,
2: no, <laughs> no not at all. <laughs> and then we uh, we went to Texas Roadhouse. So Roadhouse.
1: Did you ride the saddle?
2: No, I can't get on anything. It's <laughs>
1: they bring it to you and put it under you.
2: They have to lift me up. They <laughs> <You> do. <Yeah. laughs> That's such a challenge, you know. But yeah, that was that was my weekend. Yeah.
0: He went country, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we hope you feel better. Okay. He's a real trooper tonight because literally he has freaking pancreatitis, yeah. and if anyone has ever had that, you know it hurts like a it's son of a. Not
1: baby. fun. It's me. not country. Yeah. Um, we are going to introduce our guest, Lee. Would you like to introduce her, or sure. should we?
2: Whitney Zahar. 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 Um, she loves to weave stories. She is passionate about history, ghost stories, and love beating all odds in the end. By day, she is a busy historic sites uh, interpreter and vi- n- yeah, yeah, Not visitor busy. center <laughs> <laughs> At a local museum in Virginia. By night, she releases her stories and words upon the world her first novella the safe room came out in Ju- june 2021 and she has several other projects in, in the works when she's not writing Pit- whitney loves hanging out with her husband and son and family and friends reading hiking taking photographs and coloring mm. she is also the co-host and senior producer of the Unity* podcast yes She's a world traveler, having lived in South Korea, Taiwan, and Ecuador. She's been, she's had quite a life, but uh, Whitney wouldn't have it any other way. So, uh, without further ado, we give you Whitney.
1: Woohoo! The crowd goes wild.
3: I'm sure. I'm so eager. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We're so
1: happy to have you here with us. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Thank you, you, Lee. We love your energy. This is already so much fun talking to you before the podcast even started. Oh thanks. So much fun and you're so bubbly and I love it.
3: Yes, I I, I try to
1: keep it together.
3: (laughs) I love it. We love it. Thank you. I love it, too. I knew I was
1: going to love you guys. And it's so cool. We're talking to a fellow podcaster.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: How? I mean.
0: We're going to pick your brain. Oh, I are. mean,
1: <laughs> I don't do the tech
3: stuff very well, but I'm you pretty good at you? researching. <laughs> 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 I would love. To, I can't wait to share the podcast with you guys. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Cool. Right. So
0: Everyone this, else check it out as well.
1: This yes. podcast is going to be a little different because Lee knows Whitney and Lee will be doing a lot of this interview. So go ahead, Lee, whenever you're ready. Take it away. I got the mic Cal and I'm boy, sweating. Take <laughs> me away.
0: I think we have a theme here. <laughs> well, I'll help him out at first. Where are you from originally? Originally,
3: I am from Virginia Beach. Oh,
0: that's yep.
3: and grew up there um, all my life. I went to college in, at Longwood College now, Longwood University in Farmville, Virginia. Bustling megalopolis right outside of Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. They I have really a McAdoo's. Come on, they have a McAdoo's. I love their Baltimore Zoo. Oh my god, that was my, I first, love. That was my H21 drink. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're talking about an actual zoo. I'm like,
1: what? <laughs> no,
3: no, it, it's an actual drink because literally they make. They mix it with everything. Oh is that God. the blue one? No, that's the blue motorcycle. motorcycle. Okay, like I've been cut Island?
0: off on those before.
1: <laughs> Say that again? Is it like a Long Island iced tea?
3: Oh, on steroids. What?
0: <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Oh, All yeah. their food is so good. We have to, We should do a trip to Farmville because my grandma grew up like right around there. Absolutely. And I, oh, God,
3: so many fond memories and so many amazing things have gone on in Farmville with the way their main street has been revitalized. That's- um, looking also at the college itself, I'm like, Oh,
1: this is where I met my first boyfriend. Aww. It's also the name of one of my favorite games from two thousand eight. Yes. I knew
3: it. <laughs> I did not, but I watched
1: a lot of people play it.
3: That's which was very entertaining.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know I remember people like the receptionist being like, Hold on, I have to go tend to my farm. Yeah, well, we're pretty we're much. It, it's like the bejeweled and the my best
3: beans and all that. Of t- <laughs> I got a harvest. <laughs> oh, God. And boy, do you get a harvest, let me tell you. Mm. But I will tell you, those the sound of digging up those vegetables,
0: it's such a satisfying little... <laughs> sound right
1: it was oh so gosh. cute
3: what do they
0: call that? like the asmr or whatever yeah <laughs> that was pre-asmr oh
1: my gosh <sighs> wow
3: anyway so uh from longwood um i've pretty much lived all around the state of virginia and we came to the we actually live in henrico county uh, we live in Glen allen not too far from lee actually nice. <laughs> and you and live as well um we came here back in 2018 Uh, My husband was involved in the Carpenters Union, and he got a job building the new Facebook data center out out by the airport. That's awesome. Yeah. um, He is not constructing anymore, which is great. Um, He's now working as a uh, CAD technician. Oh, cool. But we, you know, this area has been a part of of my life, at least for so long, and I'm happy to bring my husband and son here, and we love it.
1: Nice. Awesome.
2: In the intro, I uh, said that you uh, you've d- lived all over the world. How many languages do you speak?
3: Oh boy! Okay. Well, fluency—that's <laughs> an interesting one. I do know Spanish. Um, I studied Spanish when I was in college. Um, I'm working on it now. Uh, my Duolingo owl uh, shames me every time I miss a lesson. It kind of looks at me with those. No big bueno. <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty
3: study he's got his <laughs> little the big little eyes going and, going and i'm like oh god you're too damn cute to, uh, <laughs> talking about. duolingo it's a little app that oh, you can I download you
1: An actual person I'm like, no uh,
3: <laughs> the, du- the duolingo is an owl <gasps> as its mascot and it is so cute and you just feel so guilty for missing a day oh. But yeah, I've been getting my Spanish back, uh, working with Duolingo. Um, I do know some French. Um, I do understand some Mandarin Chinese, uh, which is from Taiwan.
1: ah, The means <laughs> Olivia Hoover. ah, so good. <laughs>
0: I don't speak it,
3: so I don't speak it well, but I understood pretty much everything you said. Uh, I don't know
1: what you said. <laughs> I,
3: I speak Chinese very little, oh. but the little I know, Same. I can do. Yeah,
1: um,
3: but I understand it. Uh, my son, however, was born in Taiwan, so oh, wow. he Whoa. was raised. Sp- learning Mandarin Chinese, and I think he told me he wants to learn it again, so that's good. Um, Spanish, of course, helped me out in Ecuador. Uh, Korean, I don't speak a lot of Korean, but I do, I can appreciate the language, and it's easy to read. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it is true. You can actually learn the Korean alphabet on the airplane mm-hmm. to Korea. Oh, wow. wow. You actually can do it. Um, I also know some American Sign Language. So nice. I'm not fluent in every single language, but I'm working on community. Yeah, and I love to communicate, and I think it just helps a
2: lot. What inspired you to start writing? I mean, what were your influences?
1: Ooh, okay. Now we get to the heart of the matter. And like, when did, it, when did it all start? Oh, the, all of it? Like, when did you start to write? Like, how did it evolve into what you do to where you are now? Getting published.
3: Yeah, which is amazing. I'm still kind of boggled with my mind that that actually happened. But, um, yeah. Um <laughs> so I've always loved to tell stories. Um, I was into it when I was a kid. Um, I loved writing the little assignments with that. re you know, that plastic, that kind of papery thin paper that had a picture, a blank space to drop. Oh, yeah, on yeah, top, yeah. And mm-hmm. then the double ruled hand, the double ruled lines. Yes. I loved writing on those. Um, and then when I was about in middle school, I just decided, okay, I'm going to write something. And I did. I actually wrote a seven chapter <laughs> novel. Wow.
2: Awesome. It was
3: a, oh, God, it. It exists somewhere. Um, I may dig it out again and just totally revamp it because it was like I wrote a romance (laughs) novel when I was. Oh my god, that's awesome! We have to
0: find that.
3: I, I, I'm sure it is buried in somewhere at my mom's house i will dig it up and i will cringe and then i will sure. rewrite the whole damn
0: thing <laughs> probably we need a reading here on the podcast
3: for our patreon but you know it was also reading i would i i'm a huge reader i was reading lots of things um even even in school regardless of what l- reading love law was at i was reading just about anything i was reading agatha christie when i was in fifth grade um of course i did stumble into flowers in the attic when i was in eighth
0: grade i stan i I read the whole series and the other the weird ones like have you heard the other ones that they're making like dawn
3: yeah they're doing
0: the lifetime movie of now
3: real quick what is a stan i keep hearing it we we stand for it, basically, yeah. oh. or we worship it, yes. okay. or we hold it a super sacred. Okay. Yes. Probably, yeah. I stand
0: a lot of things. Like I that. mean, if you That's don't cool. like a little light incest in your novels as a teenager growing up, where, the <laughs> what the
3: hell? Okay, oh. to be honest, that part kind of went right over my head. <laughs> what really stuck out to me was what they had to do to survive. That's true. Yep. And it got pretty gory, and I'm like, oh, this is, oh, gross. Oh, I like it. Because I could see it happening right. right in front of me, and this is a cool story involving the writer. When I was about eight or nine years old, um, I was living in Virginia Beach. I was walking home from school, and I see this woman sitting in our backyard—an older, an elderly lady um, in a wheelchair. She had a bird cage open on a table in front of her. And she was just sitting there kind of writing, very quiet, very serene. And I asked my mom about it, and mom said that she was a writer and her cockatiel had escaped. And so she, was, she had an idea that it was somewhere in the neighborhood. So she was going through all these different houses to maybe see if the cockatiel will come back. Well, as it turned out, that lady was V.C. Andrews. Oh, my
0: gosh. Mm.
3: Yes, and I have never, ever, crap. ever forgotten that. Oh my God. I never spoke to her. I was, I was just a little kid. This is yep. an old lady. But yeah, that was that is so like cool. Fascinating.
1: That's like synchronicity.
3: That was mm. wild. And now, after technical difficulties... <laughs> right, guys, Tell us more about Lee. V- C. Nah.
1: Lee is being a trooper, and he has some really bad health stuff going on at the moment, and we're just going to keep rolling, and let's just say a little prayer. He's going to pull through. He'll be okay. We okay. love you, Lee. We love yes. you, too. We love you, Lee. We love you, Lee. It'll be okay. Lovely, Lee. Okay, <laughs> so...
0: Anyway. Where
3: were we? So um, talking more about the writer's influences. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's insane. That's like synchronicity. It was so, and I don't think I truly appreciate it back then, of course. But as I grew older, I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. And it's, she did lead a very fascinating life. But, um, you know, little did I know. But um, I, I just would read everything. I would read mysteries. I would read uh, poetry. I would read these crazy... Uh, Teen-geared romance novels because I could. I just wanted to read them. I loved it because they were set in historical time periods. Right. So I really loved that. I read The Vampire Diaries. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Original. I, I I, am Team Damon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, Damon back in the I 90s knew. was hot. Oh, my God. Da- Damon was so hot. I actually re-watched the show. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, God, I'm upset with him.
3: (laughs) I was 14 when those books came out. Wow.
1: That must have been something. Oh, yeah. 14 when
3: Twilight came out, so. Oh, my God. uh, Wow. (laughs) (laughs) There's just something about the audience of 14-year-olds. Vampires. (laughs) Note to to self. Note to self. Anyway, um, but, you know, as I said, I'd read everything. Um, Definitely... I loved to read when I was in school, so I was reading all those different books. Yes, I didn't like some of those books, but at least I was reading them. and I developed this love for language and just how different people viewed the world through their writing, and that just really stayed with me. So I never gave up on my writing. Sometimes I would have to put it on the back burner because of life and school and everything, but. I met, over the last couple of years, um, I met a lady who is a friend of, who's a friend of a friend. Um, she had published some of her works. Uh, she had a small indie, indie press, which is sadly since defunct. Oh. But it's okay. It's okay. She It, it was after a very frank discussion about finances for her. Uh, but anyway, we... Um, I wrote a proposal to her because I had it in this mind to write this book, and I wanted to really throw into, at first it, well, I wanted it to be a ghost story because, you know, write what you know, and right. I know ghosts, but
1: I also, another question after this one, oh boy,
3: yeah, buckle, buckle in, everybody,
1: <laughs> I can't wait
3: but i wanted to write about a ver- i wanted to write about hidden histories in virginia i really did and so one thing that really fascinated me and this is one of the plots of the safe room is delving into what the eugenics movement was Ooh, during yeah. the early 20th century throughout the united Don't states even know what
1: that is Ah. Uh-huh. Uh,
3: okay, when to talk about that. Um kind of like a look mark. little Hitler. <laughs> what? So basically eugenics was this idea. It began in the UK actually. It began in England in the 19th century. It was the idea of better breeding. Uh, if you c- because in the 19th century they were doing the experiments with genetics, you know, Mendel's genetics and trying to figure out how you can make grow the best plants
0: and stuff like that.
3: But um,
0: but then sadly it goes into let's genetically engineer the best humans. Pretty much.
3: Although not with the uh, technology that we have today, of course. But right. um, yeah, they were based. So when it came to the idea of better breeding, it's it was basically the idea of, okay, well, what's not good breeding? And that would be mental illness, it would be some physical conditions, race, uh, poverty, alcoholism. So a lot of states began to adopt their own eugenic sterilization laws. Virginia's.
0: I had no idea this. Oh, my God. I read this really, not to interject, I I can't remember the name. I'll have to look it up so we can link it. But there's this book that does this whole Mm -hmm. rundown of the history of this, not in Virginia, but I believe it was in Chicago or somewhere outside of Chicago, Mm -hmm. where all these women, they were just, if you did anything, like you were caught flirting with a man or something, they would haul you into like a psych. Facility, and next thing you know, you're being sterilized. America? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And this, this was got thing- even worse during World War One, I, I so, believe. So yeah, because
1: why, why which is this I- taught in history books?
0: Oh, gee, let's think why.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. This <laughs> real history, folks. Yeah. Um, so in Virginia, the uh, idea of eugenical sterilization actually was put on the law books by the Virginia General Assembly in 1924. It was also put in past the same time as the Racial Integrity Act, Which basically was saying, oh, you have to have a certain amount of, you know, if you claim to be Native American, if you claim to be descended from Pocahontas, um, you've got this much Native blood in you, but the rest of you was white. So it was basically Virginia's way of figuring out who was white and who was black.
0: And then let's suppress everything about this. Pretty much. You can't vote. Etc. Mm-hmm. And this eugenical
3: sterilization law was on the books until the 1970s here in Virginia. Oh,
2: wow. Mm-hmm.
3: So there's even some of the hospital, some of the mental hospitals around here did this. Um. There That's were insane. Quite, it. I could go to town on this. Yeah. I had to do such a deep. I did a deep dive for the to research this book. Um. I already knew about it because I was an anthropology major in college and. I read about it so I'm like I need to share this but then how am I going to do this I don't just want to be a slam horror plot because this is horrifying enough right so it evolved into basically my main character finding more information about this and how close it touched her own life and she decided the best way to get it out there is to start creating a space for people to come and have those conversations and to work with the medium of art, in her instance, in order to make that happen. And I actually got inspired by that in real life. That's so cool, yeah. So, yeah, that's a lot of stuff going on. Sorry, I've got a lot to say, don't (laughs) I? (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, um, this uh, publisher gave me the chance, and she took it. She ran with the safe room, um, and then she also published some short stories that I wrote. She also uh, started the publication for my latest novella, Nova, And now I'm doing it on my own.
1: Can you explain what a novella is?
3: Sure. Um, Everybody will tell you a different definition, but we have a novel. And most of the time, novels are about minimum 50,000 words in length. A novella is usually shorter than that. Um, I've seen some novellas that are my own. They're kind of like on the low end, like maybe 15,000 to 18,000 words. but 20,000 to 30,000 words would be the average novella length. So it's basically a more compact. That's,
1: that's and it's it's good for still a people with short attention spans, like which these.
3: so many people do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: So I've got two of those novellas out. Um I am now self-publishing them.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Wow.
3: Yeah, it I mean it's it it is what it is. Um the book business is rough. Um it's hard t- we none of us most of us writers, we aren't the Stephen Kings, we aren't the big bestseller, we aren't J.K. Rowling. Those sorts of writers are good, but they have other things working for them. Sure. The average writer, we're not like that. We're just making our way. So there's so many ways that people can support those writers, not just by buying our books, but by sharing, you know, sharing social media doing about this. us, yeah. doing the podcast.
0: Actually, know. that was gonna I was, that was gonna lead me to a question. Sure, um, I always like to hear advice on how people break into the industry, um, and. Anything you can tell our listeners who are trying their hand at writing and what you would say is like a key thing because, like you were saying, we actually had a writer on a few weeks I ago. I know her. I know Catherine.
3: Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, I met awesome. her briefly. That's awesome. I have her. I actually bought her book for my husband.
0: Oh, cool. Well, she was saying she wished she had known how large of a play like what you would put at play to do this would be like a social media presence mm-hmm. um and she kind of felt she got late into the game doing that what would be besides that like a good tip you would I know I'm putting you on the spot but no, no not to, at all um help with getting yourself published if you don't have the means to publish yourself or you know so um
3: Obviously, the big rule is never give up. I mean, you really want to go for it, go for it. Make, make it a discipline or a practice of putting some time for yourself each day to actually write something, you know. And believe it or not, people a- actually write more words than they think. But also, as you develop your practice, be intentional about what you're writing. Really think about what you want to get out there. And then, find, and then the way that I ended up doing this, and I asked for a lot of help when I, was, when I started self-publishing. I even spoke to my former publisher because she's a friend and she cares about building a community of writers. Right. And she's a writer herself. Um, so one thing that I did do, because, of course, Amazon is the massive conglomerate, I did use what's called Kindle Direct Publishing. Which you can publish your manuscript to Kindle. Oh, that's cool. And also, you can opt for a paperback format too. Um, it's, you know, it is what it is because you have to
0: put stuff on Amazon. It's yeah. just how it goes. Well, I've read about that. I've actually thought about doing romance novels. Because uh, I'm like, damn, I got a lot of porn in my head I could spin out. So that but would be more erotica than anything yes. else, girl. Yes, but I actually read about like tips were going on to amazon and getting like as much as you can onto amazon so
3: yeah i mean it it's it is necessary um i also for another format you can use um i've used something called draft to digital which you i mostly use it for ebook format because there's other ebook disseminators out there uh barnes and noble Kobo, sure. um, think people all, the, all those different sources, and they even have an option for you to give through something through libraries. So I'm looking into that a little bit okay. more. Um, I I'm the, the I'm not great with social media either, especially after a long day staring at a computer oh, screen. All right, I, that's honestly the last thing I want to do. And to be honest, if it wasn't for my podcast and the writing and the fact that I started Facebook when I started going abroad, because when I went abroad, Facebook was still relatively new. It was 2010 when I went abroad. So it was the best way to share all my photos and all my experiences with my friends and family. So, but if it wasn't for all that, I probably would not be on social media too much. Um, I do use Facebook mostly because I've just got the biggest presence there um i do use instagram and i actually i'm getting a little bit better at instagram i'm starting to also make more quick contacts through instagram so that actually does help too
1: great way to network as a, yeah, uh, I really like instagram creator, honestly
3: yeah
1: like with our podcast that's how we get our followers and listeners It's brings people together.
3: Yeah, and I'm yeah. get and I promise I'm getting a lot better with putting stuff up there. It's just sometimes it's like, okay, I'm so used to posting web links, but it doesn't accept the web links right. It wants pictures. Uh, yeah.
1: Like, I don't have I feel like it can work around it because really? we have a link tree and can yeah, help you with that. So I'll we can talk about that after.
3: We must. Okay, we will talk about And I about do that.
1: have to say one thing Lee is back. Lee! And I Hi. have a segue Thank you. into my next question that we forgot to ask. How do you guys know each other?
3: <laughs> oh, God. It feels like, honestly, Lee, I feel like you've just always been in my life.
2: Aw. You know, it's. Th- Trying to find a single event, yeah. I,
3: I mean, I don't think it was a single event. I mean, we do have people in common uh, through Red Vein uh, mm-hmm. Haunted House. I know, I saw your sticker, your yes. sticker. I, sticker. I did actually, so my very first year here in uh, Richmond area, I just was like, okay, I want to just go do a haunted house attraction, and I started looking it up, and that's how I found Red Vein, so that's I, The best. By yeah, the way. it is such a good haunt. Yes. I stand Red Vein. Oh, my God. Yes. Me yes. Too. Red oh, Vein oh, is awesome. Some of the best creators and some of the best-hearted people that you'll ever meet. And
1: it's hands-on. It's right there.
3: And it's right here, folks. So
1: good. Yeah. It's actually scary. It's I know. Scary.
0: I actually almost peed my... Pe- well, I might have tinkled a little. Oh, oh,
1: oh Yellow alert. Yellow alert. <laughs> <laughs> Red
0: alert. I don't like clowns. I don't like clowns, man.
3: I I, I think that hits everybody. But <laughs> Lee and I... Did know some people in common from Red Vein, mm-hmm. and I think we just really started to just sort of like each other. Yeah,
2: we started meeting at Barnes and Noble for coffee. So
3: yeah. Red Vein brought you together. I think
2: I think it did. I think that made oh, the common awesome. think, Yeah,
3: and then it turned out we also have other cool things in common. We're both kind of in the museum and library profession, um, so there's that. Uh, Gretchen, of course, is a doll, yes. and I love her. Um, we both love, um, I also know people, I think, I think you also got into D- Dungeons and Dragons a little bit. Yes. 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 That's another connection. Indeed, baby. I actually run a game right now. Ooh, with that's
1: some fun. One uh, of my best friends does that. Her name is Petra Wagner.
3: I have not met her, but... I am yeah. involved with a networking
1: group. Okay, you'll meet her eventually.
3: If she if she's familiar with goblins and growlers, she goblins. should totally check it out. She loves yeah. cats.
1: I
2: like those guys, yeah.
1: She wears cat ears and says meow and all.
3: Everybody that. I know wears cat ears and says and says. So I mean, <laughs> what? 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 I'm wearing cat ears and saying meow. meow no, no She meow, is, meow, ladies. Meow. And they are. <laughs> you only wish I could. S- you. Ladies and gentlemen, if only you could see what I'm seeing.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Oh. We, um, what was I going to say? We I, we could talk forever, so we had to keep rolling. Wait, but I have a good one. Oh, I have a good one, too. Go Uh-oh, paper, paper I rocks? I was going to say, you're a paranormal investigator.
0: Oh, damn it. Let oh, me sorry. back it up. Sorry, because we just mentioned history, so I'm like history okay, and then oh, paranormal. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Lee, you're going to have to edit this heavily. Oh. Um. <laughs> Okay, so um, in doing my research on you, oh Madame, um, I saw you're an educator at the Valentine Museum. I was. Oh, you yes. are. Okay. and so can you tell us more about the Valentine Museum because I don't think enough people know about the Valentine Museum in Richmond and it doesn't get enough hype. There you go, Richmonders. Richmonders. I'm serious. Shame on you.
3: Greater Richmond area, you need to know the Valentine Museum. Um, yeah, I actually worked there starting from 2018 until last year. Um, and I'm I'll t- not that far off. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, but I, w- I am still in the museum field. I'll tell you where I work okay, a little cool. bit later. Yeah. But um, the Valentine Museum is, um, it's over, it's a couple hundred years old. Um, it was established by, duh, the Valentines, and um, So, no, it has nothing to do with Valentine's Day. I get asked that question all the time (laughs) when I was working
0: there. It's not a Hallmark stand.
3: No, no. But it does tell the history of Richmond and its surrounding areas. And that's at least a 400-year-old history. So, in their collections, they have all sorts of objects and artifacts reflecting that. So, I think they have about over a million in their three-dimensional collections. And that includes a huge dugout canoe that was found on the banks of the James River. So that is indicative of the Powhatan Confederacy and other tribes that were in the Richmond area. So that's That's a pretty cool thing. Um, I lost count of how many times I had to tell kids, "No, you cannot get in that."
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Trump Park. Sure. I don't know if you've ever been there, Crump Park. In it's like two seconds for me on Staples Mill Office, of Staples Mill. Mm-hmm. They have a Native American history building, mm-hmm. and they talk about the Powhatan tribe, and mm-hmm. that's how I came to know that Richmond had a lot of Native Americans. There I mean, were, I guess, all America does
3: tons. Um, so the Powhatan confeder, so the Powhatan tribe that you mentioned, it was more than just one tribe. It was a confederacy of at least thirty different tribes. Wow and it a lot some of them are still around today uh the pamunkey was part of that trot- was part of that confederacy and still around today um and very active so and then on the other side of the james river the james river fall line where we are in richmond it was a natural boundary and also a cultural boundary because on one side you had the Powhatan Confederacy, which were mostly Algonquin language speakers. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, you had the Monacan Nation, which were Siwan language speakers. Oh, wow. So you, it was a natural and cultural boundary, and Richmond was at the epicenter of all that.
0: Did they fight, or were they peaceful? Did
3: they get along? I mean... My personal feeling on that is I think that they got along as much as they could, but they also fought as much as possible, too. <laughs> um, I think there were some trading going on between both groups. Uh, there are many people that can speak to that much better than I can. Um, and another place, you mentioned Crump Park, another place where you can also learn about the Powhatan Confederacy is Henricus Oh, my God, yes. I was in uh, Chesterfield County. So... Big shout out there. <laughs> <We'll> tag <'em. laughs> I I actually have a friend that works there. He's a uh, head of interpretation, so pretty. Oh, cool. nice. Yeah, and also a paranormal investigator.
0: They do reenactments there some, too. They yeah. are a living history yeah. site, oh, so I yes.
3: Love You're in costume.
0: One. I've been out there. I we one only one. went for running, but. Yep.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, because there's the there's, trail there's behind. the Dutch yeah. Gap Trail that's right there, too. And It'd I like funny. that. I like that when historic areas, especially outdoor sites, are able to also pull in and draw people to explore the natural resources. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: I mean, that's how I got to know the Crump Park mm-hmm. facility just by walking. And she I, brought me over know, there. I don't we just wa- We were walking together, and we walked in one day. I'm like, "What the heck is this?" And we went <laughs> in, and it was yeah. like, we could learn. So I didn't even know there was Native American history here. I guess I know oh, there's Native huge. American history everywhere in America, but
3: oh, it's huge. But also, it's important to remember that also, um, and this is a huge part of my job, you know, in the museum field and being a historian. It's so, And I had my world rocked about this one time. I took a course. Um, we were talking about, it was indigenous librarianship. So it was talking about how libraries and museums serve indigenous populations. And, the, of course, what blew my mind was that these people exist in the present day. They are present and active, and yet anything dealing with their lives is... Filed That's under
1: tense. history.
3: Yeah. Wow. When it's so much more than that, that rocked my world. That really did. So, uh, better late than never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: I know. Well, you mentioned you are at a. You're doing something different historically
3: <laughs> yes yes anyway no that. but I do want to plug the Valentine Museum oh, yeah. it is a beautiful place they have first for those of you that are interested in decorative arts you can definitely go and see the indoor exhibits uh, they also have the uh, Wickham House which Ooh. is right on the street corner on Car- on uh, Cary Street no Clay Street Scratch that, Clay Street. <laughs> um, the White House of the Confederacy building is across the way from it. It is in the heart of MCV and VCU Medical Campus. So, park accordingly, folks. Oh <laughs> but my gosh. Yeah. yeah, and they also are going are undergoing a big effort to expand their collection storage, and they've been doing some construction. But it is still open. It's a wonderful place. Uh, the school kids love it. So you know, just go out there and support it. But the other place I'm working right now, um, I started working there last year. It's called Menokin, and it which is spelled M-E-N-O-K-I-N. Now it is not on in Richmond. It is actually in the northern neck of oh, Virginia. Okay, cool. So it's a nice, long drive. <laughs> but if you go on 360 and make like you're going towards Tappahannock, you cross the bridge at Tappahannock, and you're practically there. Um, was the is a National Historic Landmark. It's the home of uh, one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, mm-hmm. uh, Francis Lightfoot Lee. The house dates to 1769, except it's not a complete house. It actually is a ruin. And we are, in, and Minokin is in the process of restoring and stabilizing it and then implementing glass, um, architectural glass to show everybody the worksmanship and the craftsmanship of the old historic fabric of the building. It's also located on 500 acres of land. Wow. Um, there are hiking trails, including fairy houses on them. And it's on uh, Cat Point Creek, which is a tributary of the Rappahannock River. So I went from the James to <laughs>
1: the Rappahannock. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. It's it's a
3: really cool place. Um, we are working on a lot of different things. Um, another key thing is uh, at Minokin is the Descendants Community, where we, as long as... uh, with other folks we've been putting we've been learning more about the descendants of enslaved individuals that were at Minokin too so we're working on increasing that narrative, increasing the research and eventually the descendants community is going to take more of an active role in
0: how they want their stories to be told. Wow, that's awesome. So We'll yeah. definitely link up all the information yeah, for that. Absolutely. I think we need to I take a field about, trip. I want to hear about the ghosts. I know. Yeah, all right, you let's, will. Let's move on.
1: <laughs> Tell us how you got a, um, into, the, into the paranormal. <laughs> I just sort of fell and into also it. Also, we have a mutual contact, Lynn and John Harris. Yes? I play carpool with them, and we're going to have John on the podcast. Well, I love John.
0: That also goes to Lee's question of um, tell us a little bit more about paranormal investigation. Okay. That was in Lee's voice. (laughs) Pretty good. That was a good voice. It was my radio voice.
2: Yeah, just just, just, as sexy as mine, yes. More like
3: that. You are such a lady killer. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Womp, (laughs) womp, (laughs) womp i need i need the pun text anyway so yes i know john and i know lynn they're fun i i always laugh when i see them they make me happy
1: hilarious especially john
3: yes very much so um i've been involved with i've always been into knowing about ghosts and things like that since i was a little kid um of course back in the 80s and 90s, we had Unsolved Mysteries, yes. Robert Stack. Oh. I stand that. I stand him. Stan Robert Stack. <laughs> well, yeah. um, but I, you know, and that was one of the shows that I would actually sneak in and watch in my parents' bedroom at <laughs> nine o'clock at night. And it didn't scare me. None of that scared me. I was like,
0: okay. The yeah. credits scared me the most that there were some the weird faces on there. there. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I The theme song will. Live in my memory. Learn in your bed. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's where I really started seeing some paranormal stuff, and I found it interesting. And also, again, I I was reading. I spent a lot of time in the libraries when I was a kid. I spent a lot of time in air public libraries. I spent a lot of time in the school libraries, hiding from bullies. So it was a great place oh. to be. Yeah, we won't go there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to, but let's not.
3: Yeah,
0: I kind of want to as well. This is therapy. I'm... <laughs> I'm Picturing a nice, like Sebastian-esque, never-ending story. Let's, oh, I wish we're burning candles in the. <laughs> oh, I wish I want, and
3: I wanted Falcor to come know, and right? scoop Rescue. me up and <laughs> fly away. That would be so awesome. I still uh, want that, actually. I, who doesn't? Who Hello, doesn't? Falcor,
0: Atreyu, we're
3: here. Oh, Atreyu. Anyway,
0: <laughs> rest in. Oh, oh, uh, Atreyu, we love you.
3: Anyway. Um, so I was reading a lot too and there were some books that were geared towards the paranormal for kids in my school library and then I started discovering more when I went to the public library so it mostly took the form of just doing a lot of reading and I was into the stories at first like I really loved just hearing reading stories about ordinary people who were just going through these really interesting and strange circumstances and I loved the history um that really sucked me in too um it although to be fair I was a pretty big fraidy cat I was like okay well I'm reading about them but that doesn't mean I want to see one (laughs) I don't like that yeah I don't want to see one I don't want to see one (laughs) yeah but I do it started evolving because I was sensing things not in my house but when we go to certain locations that you know like field trips or something I'd sense things but I didn't obviously back in the 80s and 90s who knew what to make of it back then Yeah, right there really was not much um, so I think my it was always in part of me just reading about it reading about magic and Wicca and getting into that as well and also finally finding friends that shared my interests but Not to the point where we were able to do much about it, just we were curious. But I wanted more than that. I actually wanted to really get into it. Um, I was in Philadelphia when Ghost Hunters first came out. (laughs) And I knew, I mean, Eastern State Penitentiary was right there. And so I visited that. I visited all the, I was like, I'm into this. What do I do? What do I do? But I never really found a group. So it kind of took the form of me just kind of going on public investigations when they were uh, when they were out for the public and that's how I met folks from Transcend Paranormal who are awesome and highly recommend. Hi guys. <laughs> um I also that's also how I met John and Lynn. Um so even I technically really got into investigating the paranormal when I came back to Virginia in 2018 but i've been into it for years since the very beginning and now i'm on a podcast i mean what
0: so cool. <laughs> i know tell us a little bit about the podcast
3: i am having so much fun with it it's called the Perry unity podcast me and my co-host brandon brandon actually lives in iowa We have not met in person. That's wild. Yeah. But we will be meeting in person very soon. Ooh, that's awesome. Yes. Uh, But Brandon was looking for a co-host for his show. He had been, the show had been going on for at least uh, three seasons, three or four seasons before I came on it. And um, he was basically, it it was a post on Facebook and he's like, I'm looking for a co-host who's interested. And so we kind of connected through that and he's like my brother. He really is like a brother to me. And we have yet to be in the same room together. <laughs> so we started um, just doing these episodes. And we, I do have a lot of people. I know a lot of people. So I've been able to bring some people on the show, including Transcend Paranormal. Um, I brought on Ray Savino from RTL Paranormal and some of their group. Um, I brought Mustafa from Ghost Hunters the <laughs> new Ghost Hunters on the show so, cool. so yeah and we're just going strong and we start air new season we uh, do we start record we do live recordings so we go through Streamyard and so you can see us on Facebook and on YouTube channel. We and liked y'all already. yay, I know,
0: yay.
1: I so w- I, one thing I do want to ask because it's the most intriguing question that I have. Oh God, what is if you have what is the most like strongest sense you've ever had of a paranormal thing? I don't know. Just tell us your scariest ghost story that you have. That you've personally experienced. Well,
3: like. that is actually kind of the topic of another book I'm working on. Ooh! This time, non nonfiction. This That's time. That's awesome. Um, my favorite haunted location to investigate is St. Albans Sanatorium in Radford, Virginia. Ooh! It is got a big history. Um, it was built in 1892. It started out life as a boys' prep school. Uh, it ran for several years. Um, I actually have copies. Uh, there's digital copies of the yearbooks that you can actually access from Radford University Special Collections. Wow. And it's, they're digitized, so you can access them. Um, but then after 1911, the school closed down. And then it reopened again in 1916 as a mental hospital. Um, And it was a private hospital, actually. So you had to pay money Mm. (laughs) for that one. And then it just ran like that. Uh, It was also a hospital for the area because that whole area didn't really have. Yeah. So it basically ran like that. And then it be, it closed down in the 20th century and now it is kind of abandoned, but it's not because there is a wonderful woman who's working there as director of operations. It's her and a staff of volunteers that are keeping that building open. Wow. And they are on, I think they do have a National Register of Historic Places designation, but there is a lot of activity there. Um, I w- It is billed as one of the most active locations on the East Coast. A lot of us have been out there.
0: That's amazing. It so is. can anyone, do you have to contact them, like make an appointment? Or? Yeah, yeah, you okay. do.
3: Um, and I'll, I'll, share, I'll share that information. But they also have a Facebook page. And they also, uh, now that it's getting to be spooky season, they are going to be running a haunted house attraction, Ooh, which, generates re- which generates revenue, of course.
1: But what is the scariest thing you've experienced?
3: Well, at St. Albans, I have been touched quite a few times well I don't know what it was but it probably was not an angel Um, probably not anything more than that either but um, I do remember one of the first times I investigated there I was walking with my group and we were on we were in these isolation wards so it's a narrow hallway and you have individual wards on either side There was this one room. It was the last room on the right-hand side. I felt as though something just loomed up at me and just got in my face, like, (laughs) just like that. And I felt the anger. I felt the rage. But it wasn't directed at me, per se, but it was definitely right there at me. And I waited, and then I grabbed my guide. And I was like, I want to go in here, please. So me and two other investigators went in there and boy, did the gadgets, they went very active, but honestly, the freakiest part of it. And it's not so much scary, but it definitely keeps my head scratching every I scratch my head every night about this. It was, it was actually 2020. It was before the pandemic really hit. So this was the last big event I did before lockdown. I was it was cold in that building. So I was wearing three layers, a big coat, and a backpack. Uh, This backpack that I brought in on my back. And I felt something poke me right in the back through all those layers. Wow. And I'm like, what the hell did that? So I wouldn't say it was terrifying, but it definitely made me scratch my head. So it was enough to keep me going back there. And I am writing A nonfiction book about St. Albans. I am using some of the paranormal history because that is a part of its history but I'm using it to sort of fuel more interest in the historical narrative and to bring up things that probably were not as well known and also really to inspire investigators to be a little bit more critical thinking. Yeah. And not
1: just jump to conclusions about
3: right. everything. Does
1: the book have a name yet?
3: Um, work, uh, I am working on titles right now. It's always difficult. But I'm thinking it might be something like Within the Walls or something like that. Um, I am actually going to be putting out one chapter. I'm going to take one. I'm working on a chapter right now that I'm going to submit to a publication called The Feminine Macabre. Uh, the Feminine Macabre Ooh. is a journal. Uh, it's put out by Amanda Woomer of Spook Eats. And she it's a journal that is all about paranormal for and by women and non-binary.
0: Ooh, that's awesome. So
3: it is well, and it sells too. So check it out. You can find it on yes. any of your sites. We'll
0: link that. Yes. Yes. Um. Sadly, we gotta wrap this up. I know. We have so much more. I'll yes. come back. Oh, we're, you're definitely coming back. I Like for reals, there's so much more we want to talk about with you. Absolutely. So
1: hard not to go over the time because we love when really cool, interesting people come. I we know.
0: For hours. Thank you. But I'd love uh, so. tell us one more time where all of our guests, or not our guests, jeez, all of our listeners. I can't even talk anymore. Seriously. I'm so blown away by everything you're telling us. Um, Tell us where we can find you, where we can find anything involving you. Yeah, support
1: RVA like historic sites, absolutely, authors, etc. Historical community and the paranormal community.
3: Absolutely. Um, Well, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Whitney Zahar. I am the one and only Uh, Z is in zebra A H A R. You might also link up through my husband because he likes that too. No, just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> um, I'm also on Instagram, at um, Whitney Zahar, all one word. And so those are my social media. Through the Para Unity podcast, you can also find them on Facebook and on Instagram. And they have a YouTube channel. Uh, so that's awesome, too. You can watch me as well as listen to me. Yay.
1: <laughs> soon you'll be able to do yeah. that with us season 2
3: someday yeah. it, it is well worth it it's yeah. hilarious to do that <laughs> <laughs> it really is um,
1: beautiful me. yeah
3: and as for uh, books um, I do have all of them are up on Amazon and one book actually if you buy um, a collection called Autumn Tales which is 10 spooky stories uh, released through Anatolian Press I have a short story in it Oh, um awesome. Awesome. But 100% of those royalties go to uh, Collective Liberty, which is an organization that fights against human and child trafficking. Nice. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. an anthology with heart. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, definitely buy that. Um, you can also see what other books I have. And I'll just be going, going. I will be appearing in person. If you ever go to Illinois, to Rock Island, Illinois, I am going to be there for a Paracon, and I will be selling my books. And also Hanover Tavern paracon next year i'll also be there selling books too
1: awesome and whitney has graciously gifted us some of her books i have we'll have give bo- you the
0: rundown
1: we have a book club and we will be reading them
0: yes this year we shall. thank you Can't so wait. much
1: well now we're going to go into a funny round but we got to plug a few people first do
0: yeah. it Let's take a little break picture it sicily Shh. now Shh. on the beach You're thirsty. You're very thirsty. It's hot as hell. It is. You're schvetzing, you're spritzing, you don't know. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to open a can of my favorite beverage to drink on the beach. That's right. Oh, shit. You heard that popping right now? That's right. Even the Golden Girls would approve of this. It's called Coastal Spritz. Well, Uh, I don't want to get fat. Oh, well, you won't because guess what? They're all... 85 to 100 calories. But I'm gluten-free. There ain't no gluten up in there.
1: But I'm a vegan.
0: There ain't nothing other than fruits and juice up in there.
1: But I'm snobby about my ingredients.
0: I don't give a damn. These are the best ingredients I've ever seen. All natural, baby. Coastal Getty would stand by this, (laughs) all right? Drink Coastal Spritz, everyone. That's right. And, Whitney, what do you think?
3: That is delicious. It's nice and light.
0: And it really tastes like watermelon. You're drink- Whitney's yeah, drinking yeah, the watermelon. I'm drinking so, the watermelon flavor. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Drink Coastal Spritz.
1: Cheers. Woo. Oh, wait, just glass. Pink. <laughs> <laughs> We're breaking
3: glass. Um, and then also...
1: Do you want to feel sensual in in your feminine energy? Hells yeah. Well, luckily in Richmond, there is the best belly dancing
0: coach known to man. Her name is Maya. That's right. Maya's belly dancing. You got to go check her out. They do, well, she
1: does a belly dancing class on Mondays at the dance space on Broad Street. And then she does another class at Tanguero's in Midlothian on Wednesdays. And it's really, really fun. You can be a beginner. You can be an expert. You can be whatever you want. Just show up. And, and shake
0: that booty. And
1: it's a spiritual experience, you guys. We, we take the class.
0: It really does. It grounds you. It makes you more in touch with your body. It helps you, like, disconnect from social media. It's great work. And it's a wonderful community. Yeah. So Meet a lot of fun ladies. We suggest you go check out Maya's belly dancing as well. All I right. The oh, la, la, yes. Yes. All right. Now we'll go back to some questions, but let's do some funny questions Fine. now. Let's let's mix it up. Mm-hmm. All right, Whitney. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> um let me drink some more of mine. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm still laughs> yes. There's. Take another sip of your spritz. Mm. Um, okay, okay. What fictional character would you be best friends with in real life? That's a good one. Du, 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 du.
3: No. <laughs> so, <laughs> I probably would. Okay, I'm going to have to go old school. I would so be friends with the girls in Little Women. Yes, I would be friends. Actually, I'd be friends with all of them because Joe is awesome as a writer. But growing up, I actually I felt more connected to Beth.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So because she was quiet and just truly good. So I liked that. But I also like Meg, too. I can appreciate her wanting to find love and married and just be headed just be so strong in that way and I also like Amy too because we all need a little blonde brat in our lives it's true so I sorry true. sorry for <laughs> sorry sorry for Amy fans but that's what? how I feel
1: Liz is this a little blonde brat
0: yeah no, I'm a joe bitch
1: <laughs> I'm a little blonde brat no,
3: but you're so. S- but we get along so great. <laughs>
0: yes. So or I would Amy because go- I'm a bitch. <laughs>
3: I would go with the girls of Little Women, uh, at least in in the classic examples. But I'm going
1: to stick with that for right now.
2: I like it. Yes. You. yes. Mm-hmm.
1: What fictional character would you be friends with?
2: Hmm. Oh, that's a tough one.
1: The demons in your logo underneath the staircase.
2: Oh uh, no! I. I oh, that's fun. I'm I don't know. I really don't know. It's
1: uh, a tough one to think about. It's yeah. It, it take hard. a while to think. I, uh, I Go ahead. For me, I don't know if you got... <laughs> I'm younger than y'all. I don't know if you've ever watched the show, but the <laughs> show, That's So Raven.
3: Yes. yes. I <laughs> would
1: be friends with Raven Simone because she's hilarious. She's mm-hmm. a sidekick, which is really cool. And also, she has such a good style, and she's a fashion designer, and she... Would help me make custom clothes. And Ooh. I just love that show. And it still makes me laugh to this day.
0: Nice. I didn't know we were including TV. I didn't know either, but we'll let it. We'll Whatever. Let it. We'll <laughs> let it fly. Um, I had already thought of a book. But uh, so any of the boxcar children? Yeah. I was obsessed with those books as a kid. And I loved how they survived before they met grandpa, or I like to call him Daddy Warbanks because he was basically a Daddy Basically, singer. What do you
1: want? Yeah. I know. <laughs>
0: But they lived in, like, a boxcar for real and foraged for food and yada yada. Um, anyway, we uh, everyone should check those out. Or you, have your kids check them out. Absolutely. They'll, they'll learn how to forage for food.
1: Here's a good question for a writer. <laughs> if okay. someone wrote a book about your life, what would the title be?
3: A Mom Full of Ghosts. <laughs> I like that. Because I've been thinking about that myself.
1: <laughs> Ghost daycare? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> mine would be laughing through the shit storm. Ooh, I like that. That's mine good.
0: Mine would be tripping on your face but somehow finding greatness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that, too. Blonde bitch. <laughs> yes, yes. Or that. I like that. Lee Pancreatitis, would that be the name of your book? At this point. Uh,
2: yeah, that hurts. Yeah, that's Aww. that's what be. it's like. Ouch.
1: Ouch. <laughs> ouch. Ouch, the book. Ouch, that hurts. I like that,
0: too. Aw. Sorry, Lee. Oh Thanks sorry for Lee. hanging in
1: there. But we like love our tech guy. Can you, um. Lee, give it to us, please. He? Can you still give it to us? In your state. In your pancreatic state. Heart is breaking right now. <laughs> I know, I know. God. You got to smile, laugh through the shitstorm. No oh kidding.
2: <laughs> Barbie. <laughs> oh, God. No, oh, Lord. $1 billion at the box office. Uh, hasn't happened since before COVID. <gasps> uh, now, Barbie, her fil- full name is Barbara Millicent Roberts. Millicent. An 11-inch, 29-centimeter plastic doll uh, with a the figure of an adult woman that was introduced in May 9th, March 9th, 1959. Now, what's interesting is that Barbie was not an original design. Um, uh, It was uh, modeled on a a cartoon character in Germany. um, (laughs) Sort of a uh, risque gag gift for men. Ooh! Yeah. And uh, they... uh, they s- and Mattel bought the rights and uh, and paid she the designers. Up. The
0: rest is history.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see.
1: I love a good comeback story. Let's
2: see. It was the um. Oh. Next
1: page.
2: Yeah. Turn the page. The the, the the largest the biggest selling Barbie doll is the the the. W- wait wait how did it go? The anticipation. Mm. Oh, it's Anticipation.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe that's where we met.
3: <laughs> no, I didn't do Rocky Horror with you. Sorry,
1: <laughs>
3: I <laughs> would have no, remembered that.
2: Stuck <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, the one thing that Barbie will never have is pregnancy. The uh, the, the uh, she, she has, has no pregnant. genitals. <laughs> the uh,
0: she has no hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nothing goes in or out. <laughs>
2: Yep, the uh, the designers said they the the goal is to to Better capture Barbie between uh, it's like uh, adulthood and b- just before um, childbirth. So
0: Better out that than in I always are. So between childhood and adulthood, I don't have a vagina. Hmm.
2: Um I beg to differ
0: yeah,
3: from false
0: disappears for a while there. False information. <laughs> That anyway, is false news. That's fine. We oh. love Barbie. Let's go party. The number,
2: the number one selling Barbie doll is the total Totally Hair Barbie.
1: Ooh. That's me. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. It's everyone's favorite time. We're going to guess Lee's name. Hopefully oh he has God. the strength to say, nope, you didn't guess it. <laughs> All right. We're going to give you three tries, but we're going to go around Round the room. Robin. And if you... Get the name. We have a $25 gift card that we ask that you spend at a local RVA institution, whether that be a shop, a restaurant, anywhere, but as long as it's an RVA local business. I think we can manage that. All
3: right, We'll let's be monitoring. Go. You
0: you <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Whitney, you go first. Okay,
3: so here's the weird thing. Lee claims that he has told me his name before, okay. but hey. I honestly don't remember.
1: How could Good. you?
3: So here we go.
2: Okay.
1: I hope she gets it.
3: Montague. No. Aldous.
2: No. Barabbas. (laughs) Nope.
0: Aloysius. Nope. Army.
2: No. (laughs) Joshua. Joshua. No. All right, last try.
1: Patient.
0: Mm. She's really trying,
3: folks. (laughs) Francis.
0: Ooh, the good one. No, that's the good one. Um, I had another one in my head, and it just went away. Oh Lord. Um.
2: cassius no josiah no
1: damn it you guys I and know. so it continues and so it continues the saga mm-hmm. um okay let's do some final shout out shout out to whitney our wonderful guest thank yes. you so much And we're gonna have you back on because we have too much to talk i know about. absolutely that was just an intro that we covered
0: know, the three specialities this episode
1: l- literally Flew by, and yeah. we had some technical difficulties, and we pushed through. We dealt we with illness. Mm-hmm. It's We will have a part two because there's just too much to cover.
0: It's like we're on the Oregon Trail, and someone's got cholera or typhoid. Dark. Dark. Tap out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: History. History. Okay.
0: There might be some ghosts out there.
1: So, final shot. Schna- on the
0: Oregon Trail
1: final shout outs for me shout out to the doswell rodeo that i shout out to um the great american ranch shout out to all the country fad things up in here there's so many ways to be a country girl in this state
0: and in L- yeah
1: um Liz?
0: yep shout out to what did i do <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Continental, both locations. Shout out to the Richmond's Runner Club. Shout out to the Brewaha and the Virginia Museum of History and Culture. Shout out to Long Oven. Shout, Shout out, out to
1: Lee Dungeon Studios. That's right. What, what? Maybe not this week while Lee recovers, but after that. If you if need you a recording, if you need a CD, if you need a podcast, don't come on Thursday, fellas, but c- and ladies. But come any other day except for this week because Lee needs to rest.
0: Yes, but come on down to the dungeon.
1: We got fun and games.
0: After, yeah. like, 10 to 12 days. <laughs>
1: All right, Winnie. Thank you so much. Thank you. This right, is great.
0: Thank you. We'll see everybody next time where we're talking counseling and having fun with my... Divorce! 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 Divorce. Divorce. With my Forget. fellow Tucker Tiger. All right. We'll leave you in anticipation. Nighty night.